I got laughed at the other day because they asked if I was on TikTok. I was like, nah, I occasionally see TikTok stuff like on Facebook. And they're like, oh, the old TikToks? I was like, Apparently. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. This is You're getting the now. trickle down TikTok. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't know. Yeah. Trickle down TikTokonomics. <laughs> Reagan was old too, so he gets it. It all works out. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. We are not on TikTok. No. But we are on podcast. Yeah. This is Patrick Nazaroff. Uh, and with me, as always, Pastor David Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? Excellent. Excellent. Uh, no Elise McCarter. Yeah. On vacation. <laughs> Again. Yeah. How did um, she get so much vacation time? I know. <laughs> we don't get this much vacation yeah. time. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I guess that's what comes when she's not actually an employee mm, yeah. of, mm-hmm. of our church. That could have something to do with it. Yeah. that's uh, Volunteer st- status. How do I get still. that gig? Yeah. But still. She needs to plan around her Beyond Sunday commitment. Yeah. What are her priorities? That's you know, we usually question. record Wednesdays. So, like, leave Wednesday night, come back Thursday, or Tuesday night, yeah. and you're good to go. Yeah. Like. Come on. Yeah. Well, I can say with authority, I don't do any prep for this, so <laughs> it's not like she needs to get back days in advance. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. All right, uh, episode. To be fair, I intentionally don't prep because I feel like the conversation is more natural. It's not that I'm inherently an unprepared person, just to be clear. Sure. I feel like I need to defend myself on this one. <laughs> I'm feeling a little a little guilty. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, it's episode 201, so. Yeah. Woo. You could turn up a whole a new century, a whole new leaf. I could, a new, uh, yeah. But then, where would all our faithful listeners go if you know we turned over <laughs> yeah. this new our, leaf? Our faithful <laughs> listener, yes. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you listen, you know what to expect at this point, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And if you're new, welcome. Yeah, we're, we're glad, glad you're we're here. So glad you're here. We're super prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Every week, trust us. Don't go back and listen to the back catalog. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, biblical literalism. Okay. And what Americans think about that. But first, some news. Okay. I don't know if this is like funny or like makes me like think like we've reached a new stage of capitalism that oh, good. maybe we're all doomed. Okay. All, <laughs> all right. right. So we're either going to laugh or cry. I got it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a, a North Carolina Chick fil A okay. is asking for volunteers to work the lunch rush for chicken sandwiches. Mm, nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how the world works. Yeah. <laughs> it, they're just not going to pay people. They're just asking for volunteers. They'll what? pay you in chicken. What? <laughs> We're going back to the barter system. <laughs> yep. Listen, I'm not opposed to being paid in chicken from Chick-fil-A, but this is not how that like I can't pay my rent with that chicken. Probably not. I mean, I've been tried. <laughs> It's a fair point. <laughs> Call the bank and be like, all right. I got Hypothetically uh, speaking, <laughs> I know many, what my rent is. How many chicken sandwiches you, is that? What's the conversion rate <laughs> yeah. to chicken sandwiches? Is it a is it a dollar to dollar? Is there a <laughs> is the chicken sandwich up or down against the dollar right now? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so they put out a, an ad on their I guess an ad on their Facebook uh-huh. <laughs> offering to pay volunteers and five chicken sandwiches per one hour worked for their new drive through express. You can't even eat that many chicken sandwiches. I mean, I could. <laughs> okay, maybe the first five, but what are you going to do with the second hour's worth of chicken sandwiches? Well, I don't know. I don't know how, again, I don't know how it works. I don't know if you only work one hour, like you oh. just show up and work an hour. And you get five sandwiches. Here's your five sandwiches. That's still a lot of chicken sandwiches. I, yeah, well, you know, hey, dinner, I guess. There you go. Dinner for the family. For work, sure. Work for an hour, you got a sandwich for everybody in your little family of five. Yeah. 
in the white picket fence house that you can't afford because you're volunteering to work <laughs> and you can't pay a mortgage and chicken sandwiches. <laughs> Look, maybe this is, you know, we had like a gold standard of our dollar. I think that's kind of gone, right? Uh-huh. I don't know. The chicken maybe. sandwich standard? Now it's the chicken sandwich star- yeah. sta- uh, do- standard for the dollar. So what's in the uh, Fort Knox depository now? <laughs> chicken sandwiches. <laughs> and alien spaceships, but mostly chicken sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> It's just Chick-fil-A. It's I love just it. Chick-fil-A okay. So uh, they put this ad on their Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, they deleted it uh, shortly after. <laughs> okay. After getting widely dragged, denigrated, yeah. and insulted. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm basically saying like, Chick-fil-A is a massively popular fast food chain. Mm-hmm. It's worth over $4 billion. Or the owners who own mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A are worth over $4 billion. That's what you're asking people to work for, for free. Yeah. For free. Yeah. For chicken sandwiches. For chicken sandwiches. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think for, like, if you think of, like, the person working, technically, yes, those five chicken sandwiches would be worth more than, like, medium minimum wage. More than the seven twenty five an hour. If you're paying for the chicken sandwiches. Sure. But I think for the company who's making the chicken sandwich. Right, because they don't make it for seven twenty five. Absolutely yeah. not. It's, it's costing them maybe, you know, probably 50 cents a sandwich kind of a thing. Yeah. That they're upcharging everybody else. There. So, they're paying you substantially less. Yes. Yeah. And they're paying you in something you can't use to buy other things. Correct. <laughs> and I think it's probably a workaround. Like, if they're paying you in chicken sandwiches, like, I don't know. Do they have to provide workman's comp? If I get injured, how many chicken sandwiches do I get? <laughs> <laughs> Can you pay your hospital bill in chicken sandwiches? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, like, why not just staff? Why, that, just, why just hire staff? And I why think that's it? the question that people were asking on Facebook of, like, why not? Just hire people. Is for the this is job. the question here like we can't find people to work because I know there's a there's a, a shortage. Like the people are saying, like yeah. people aren't going back to the same jobs because jobs aren't paying them an adequate wage. I would argue, but that's a different conversation, right? Sure. And so people aren't going back to work as quickly as maybe places want, and so places are understaffed. Yeah. I can understand being understaffed, mm-hmm. but asking people to volunteer doesn't seem like the way to fix a staffing solution. Like, sure, you can't like Exxon can't say, hey, we'll uh, we'll give you an hour's worth of gas. I mean, no, because that would be like a year's yeah. salary. Yeah. So we, they definitely can't afford to have you do that. Well, they let's uh, <laughs> I'll do the, it. What, I mean. are, what are the hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think part of it too is like for Chick Fil A, like what they really need people is like this two-hour block of time sure. during the lunch rush. Mm-hmm. Like they need a bunch of people there for that, but they don't want to be like, we have all these hourly employees who only work two hours. Like, sure. n- and nobody wants that job. Like That's I've fair. been an hour employee and like, I'm not coming in for two hours. hours. It's not worth the time. Yeah. Yeah. So That's fair. That's a, it's a predicament, but it feels like a predicament of their own design. Yeah. But, but I'm telling you, yeah, you raise that, uh, price that you're paying people. I'd be willing to work two hours. You yeah. know, if I could make in two hours, what, uh, the McDonald's up the street would pay me for six hours. Yeah. Fine. Fine. By me, you know, Done. like sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, what Are about you looking for another job? Should I be concerned here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and negotiate here. Like, all right, I, Listen, I, this is how many chicken sandwiches they're willing to pay me down the street. Yeah. What, what's your counter offer, <laughs> personnel team? <laughs> yeah. Are, how can I get a, do I get a raise? In like, chicken sandwiches? Yeah. I want to be like, okay, look, I've got some experience. Five chicken sandwiches, two fries. Like, that's, <laughs> that's my counter. <laughs> All right, here's my new counter for you, Patrick. I will now buy you one chicken sandwich a year in addition to your salary. That's your raise. You get, yeah, I, you get a, a raise of one chicken sandwich. I think chicken sandwich per podcast. Per you episode? Know, per episode. One Ooh. sandwich per episode. I I'm think, you too know. rich for my blood. Okay, well, 
You've here. been doing it for free for almost four years. Hey, it's episode 201. We're renegotiating. <laughs> okay. Live on the air. <laughs> that's, that's definitely the healthy way to do it. <laughs> Look, you already established you don't come prepared, and I do. <laughs> so, like, I'm bringing the effort here. That's so, fair. so uh, I should get the, the reap the chicken sandwich <laughs> reward. Fair enough. You, br- you bring the game, and I bring the chicken sandwiches. <laughs> And I brought Cranch last week. So oh, yeah. yeah. That definitely <laughs> knocked you back a couple. I think that you actually owe me some chicken sandwiches right. for making me eat that. We got we have it still in the fridge in, in oh, the good. kitchen here. Yeah. So. Why don't you get your chicken sandwich? You can put it on there. I'd eat, I'd eat it. I probably know. would put it on. If it was offered to me with it. Like if a chicken sandwich was yeah. offered to me and was on there, I'd eat it. That'd me too. Funny, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily want it. Right. But I would. I'd be a little mad about it. I'd I be, would certainly eat it. I yeah. would be saucy about it, if you will. Saucy. Hey. hey. Throwback. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get to our main story here. That's probably good because yeah. really, how long can we? No, we could talk about Trick Fil A for longer. Let's not do that. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's not test that theory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, from this is from relevant from Gallup. So we're getting this <laughs> twice removed. <laughs> Our second cousin's uncle's neighbor's former yeah. roommate. I got yeah. it. Yeah. So relevant is telling us about what they read on <laughs> the on Gallup po- po- polling. We, we, did, we couldn't just go back and find the Gallup poll. We could. But we didn't. Okay. But we didn't. But we're paying for relevant. Right, so I'm getting yes. my money's worth. I don't know how many chicken sandwiches <laughs> we're giving them, but we are paying for the premium subscription to relevant right now. Yeah. They're probably so. getting the deluxe chicken sandwich. Getting all them toppings. Probably. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I don't actually prefer the regular over the deluxe. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I would go regular, spicy, deluxe uh, in that order. That's fair. So I would put spicy in front of regular personally, but I hear that. Okay. So is that what you would get? Spicy? Oh, yeah. First choice? For sure. Interesting. All right. Spicy all the way. And they ha- you can do the spicy uh, chicken biscuit for breakfast, too, which is okay. delightful. And you can add pepper jack cheese to your breakfast cheese biscuit. Oh, okay. It's delightful. I'm not sure what, how, what the hourly rate is to get the spicy. You might <laughs> yeah. work an hour and a half. I don't know. That's fine. Yeah. I'll work an hour and a half if I get five <laughs> spicy sandwiches. <laughs> How long do I have to work to get the cheese? That's, <laughs> That's a good question. These are the questions that I have for this process. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing they're in North Carolina, so I'm not that worried about us <laughs> losing any of our staff <laughs> to Chick-fil-A's Chick- volunteer program. Yeah. All right. Uh, here we go. Back right. to from relevant through Gallup. So, Other way around, but yeah. That's a- yeah, there you go. From Gallup through relevant. There we go. All right. Um, they found only 20% of Americans now say the Bible is the actual word of God and is to be taken literally word for word. 20%. Okay. That's a record that low. Oh, okay. Since they've done this question. How long have they done this question? Um, well, the last time they did it was in 2017. And it dropped 4% from there. It was only it was only 24% before? It's 24%. Okay. Taken literally word for word. Okay. That's a good amount of Americans. Literally 24% or literally the Bible, which was? Both. Okay. Got it. <laughs> literally 24% took yeah. the Bible literally. All right. So tw- this is 24% of Americans or 24% of Christians in the United States? Uh, according to relevant, Americans. Ooh. That's a lot of people. That is. That's a good chunk. Yeah. Because I mean like. I mean even 20% is uh, yeah. It's good. If it's like out of the 300 million something Americans. Yeah. Are, yeah. One fifth. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a lot. That's good. You knew. What, yeah. 25th is one fifth. Congratulations. Uh, so 29% of uh-huh. Americans say the Bible is an ancient book of fables, legends, histories, and moral precepts recorded by man. Okay. And that's the highest ever recorded since they've done this polling. A 3% increase from 2017. There seems like there's a considerable block in here that has a third opinion. <laughs> There is. All right. What's about that? About 49%. Yeah. That um, sounds about right. That is the middle route. The Bible is the inspired word of God, but not everything in it should what be up, taken. What ELCA? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about a 2% claim. Oh, 
climb. So should be noted, we do not make up fifty percent of the United States, but we we're solidly in that middle category. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the this would be how the ELCA mm-hmm. uh, interprets the Bible and yep. how we kind of approach that from a biblical standpoint. Uh, if you're looking for like faith denominations, I would say take the Bible literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably looking more towards the evangelical route. Sure. Um, Catholicism. Catholicism, Pentecostal, mm-hmm. our Lutheran brothers, the LCMS. Yep. So they would take the Bible literally as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we say brothers there intentionally. Yeah, we're all Lutherans. No, I'm saying like because they don't ordain women, so we intentionally say <laughs> our bros. Our bros. <laughs> yeah. They bros- do, well, they do not. Part of that is because of their Bi- uh, literal, yeah, literal interpretation. interpretation of that particular passage. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, and that is a trend that they've that Gallup has noticed. Okay, uh, that things are coming down. So here's I have more information. So right. in 2011, the number was a 30 percent that took the Bible. Oh, that said okay. the Bible's literal. So in 10 years, it's dropped to 10 percent. Yeah. Okay. That's a good amount. That's a big yeah. amount. Yeah. You know, some really uh, that's interesting because we've had some really major cultural shifts in that mm-hmm. period of time. I mean, in that period of time, we've had uh, the Supreme Court uh, legalize uh, gay marriage. Uh, in that time, we've had yeah. you know kind of this move uh, politically you know from a, away from a lot of well in some parts <laughs> away. Sure. i don't know it's, it's interesting i'm hearing this and thinking about things that have happened since 2011 or thereabouts that would have an impact on that yeah yeah for sure i think that these are these are all things and i think um we're kind of seeing like in 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 as much as some you know people in america are moving away we see yeah. a sm- uh, now a smaller number moving more intensely yeah uh in, in a sense and vocally and vocally yeah yeah uh, so Frank Newport of Gallup says, uh, America's, Americans' interpretation of the Bible are important because the Bible is often used as the basis of for policy positions on moral and values issues, including such things as abortion and gay and lesbian relations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and uh, we've seen that over the last couple of years yep. uh, ramp up in a sense that the Bible sure. is kind of like a leading uh, drive for American policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think we're going to get into this usually – I'm going to be honest to my brothers and sisters out there who take the Bible literally. Mm-hmm. You're choosing which parts to take literally, yeah. if I'm yeah. being honest with it's you. It's called selective literalism. Yeah. 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 And we, to an extent, we all do it, right? We 100%. All, some of us are honest about it. Yes. <laughs> and we say, yes, I'm paying more attention. I'm putting more value on this part of scripture than I am on this part of scripture. Yeah. 100%. I think, I think we can all say that. So if we I don't know say, anybody out there who's like not touching a football because it's made of pigskin mm-hmm. or, you know. Following all those literal laws of the Old Testament. For sure. Yeah. So if we're thinking of like, okay, you have a biblical worldview that's based mm-hmm. on a literal understanding of the Bible. Yeah. You would be more likely to say, uh, believe in a six-day literal creation story. Sure. Um, per- perhaps that the world is much younger than what our yep. you know, scientists say several it is. Several thousand rather Maybe. than several billion something. Yeah. The number, the number grows. You know, we yeah. can say we're we're still figuring things out. Yeah, and, but, I'm, and not me. I'm not doing any of that. So. But we're not figuring it out if you're a literalist of Correct. reading the script. It's, it's, it's six thousand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's a little bit more now because the Earth is older than it, you know, <laughs> than so it was when it was six thousand. So six thousand plus ten years when I learned that number. So. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're probably taking um, verses, you know, especially verses in our Paul's letters. Mm-hmm. Very literally, that would kind of dictate uh, who can teach, lead yeah. worship in your uh, communities. Perhaps on, about head coverings. Perhaps. It certainly could yeah. be about head coverings. Um, you know, that, that Paul will say in a handful of letters that men are supposed to be teachers, pastors, mm-hmm. elders in the church, and not women. And in some letters, he highlights women who are teachers and pastors and elders yeah. in the church. So, mm. you know, so you know, we have a little bit of a mixed bag there. But yeah. but I think, you know, 
a little interpretation will you know probably you know find themselves highlighting some of those passages of Paul differently. Yeah. They might uh, a little interpretation might really disagree with our podcast on the Book of Revelation last week. For and sure, they might say, "Hey, this stuff's all going to happen, and this is the way it's going to go down." Absolutely, uh, and probably a little or a literal interpretation might have different views of heaven and hell, and who's sure. who's going to both places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I also think um, I'm going to be honest. I think most of this stuff is really fueled by church. Uh, tradition Hmm, (laughs) less so than what the bible actually says okay say more about that well i'm intrigued i think um we're looking at a literal interpretation through the lens of how that is literally interpreted yeah of course so uh i think personally i think if you're looking for example we talked about like heaven and hell i think if you're looking personally at the most literal reading of the bible of a heaven and hell Mm -hmm. i think you would probably land on people cease to exist versus go to hell. Sure. I think that's how you would really get there. Yeah. Uh, I think there's way more stuff that supports that, but it's more hidden in, Mm, or it's more, you'd have to read the Bible, I would say, as a whole versus as a individual collection of Googling, Mm -hmm. show me verses about hell in the Bible, and here's some (laughs) verses that seem like they're they're talking about hell. Oh, these ones... Don't agree with my standpoint, so I ignore those. Yeah. For sure. They're not talking about yeah. hell. They're talking about something else. For sure. Yeah. Or, you know, we're referencing things that we're saying that means hell. Yeah. But we can't necessarily say for sure Jesus means hell. Right. When that, because he's not saying hell. Right. He's saying something different. And he's not saying yeah. hell in total 21st century America. He's saying certainly, a word that we have now translated as hell he, yeah, he, from 2,000 years ago in a different language. Certainly not in saying, a saying hell in the Dante's Inferno view of hell. Right. You know, something, it's something different. Yeah. So, you know, so again, and I think we kind of covered that on Revelation. We do mm-hmm. have a lake of fire oh. and who's thrown in the lake of fire? Hell. Sin, death, hell. Yep. Yeah. All those things. And Satan Ooh. or the Satan character yeah. is thrown in the lake of fire. The dragon. The dragon. Yeah. And there are presumably some people who are not found in the book of life are thrown in there. That number could be zero. We don't know. There are those people who How could choose say? not to be in the book of life. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. And a lake of fire would ultimately consume not necessarily last forever or potentially purify or potentially purify all the both those things are possible yeah yeah it consumes as or purifies as it consumes mind blown yes yeah anyway yeah so fewer americans are taking the bible in this literal stance so what does that mean for for us yeah i think um i think it means more americans uh well really the growth is going from it seems like the 10% is lowering from literal. Those are probably coming into maybe more of like an interpretive stance, mm-hmm. but it's not like that stance is growing by 10%. Right. Because yeah, yeah. th- there's people, I'd, I'd assume, from that stance moving over okay, to the, yeah. the Bible as a book of fables sure. and things like that. I, I doubt, I'm not quite sure you're having as great a percentage leaping from the Bible is literal 10 years ago and now saying the Bible is just a collection of yeah. fables. Because that middle number is staying pretty the middle number is staying fairly similar. And so the shift is happening on the outside, but yeah. the shift is probably not happening from one side to the other. It's yes. more through the middle, bumping some people out the other end. That's what I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I like the image of somebody coming into the middle section, like pushing people out. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> now I just believe it's fables. Oh, oh man. We only have room for 49, 49% of us. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Gallup. <laughs> yeah. So... The ELCA, mm-hmm. and um, 
believes that the Bible has more of the inspired word of God. Yeah, that's actually the language that is in our church constitutions. Yeah. So, which is a weird place to put it, but that's where it is. So uh, tell me about that belief system before we kind of jump into kind of what is about this being the inspired. Word yeah, let, let's, yeah. let's 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 define that a little bit. Yeah. Better. So let's uh, I guess we'll start with like what we would say if we say it's the inerrant word of God. I think we've actually talked about this yeah. a little bit before. Right. So the inerrant uh, would mean without fault. Right. That it was uh, ordained by God's hand and it is exactly as God intended it. Right. And yeah. so whether that is through um, God divinely writing the scripture or whether that is God working through the hand of a single human to divinely write the scripture or God working working through the hand of a, a team of people to divinely write the scripture, God divinely wrote the scripture. That would yes. be the the literalist interpretation. Mm. Um, the, the divine ins- inspiration or the inspired by God language that we use um, points us towards this opportunity for us to realize that God was at work in the development of scripture, but mm. so was humanity. And so just in the same way that... Uh, God worked through fallible humans throughout the scriptural story, right? God uses humans to God's purpose all the time. So also God used uh, humans to craft the story of God's people and how they experienced God's uh, uh, presence and abundance and um, power and uh, majesty and all these things. How did humans experience mm-hmm. that? And that's uh, gets trans uh, transmitted down to us. And it's passed through generations of editors and generations of uh, interpreters and generations of people who ultimately um, discern together through, we believe, the work of the Spirit to say, okay, we believe this is what God wants us to include in the Bible, right? And I, I believe that it was a Spirit-led process. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was just a bunch of uh, people throwing things against a wall and saying, let's pick this one. I think there was a, a genuine desire to pursue the Spirit. Um, but there's also room for the possibility that we can continue to experience the inspiration of God, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, while the, the Spirit inspired these texts that we call the Bible, um, the Spirit didn't stop inspiring humanity when the Bible was formed. The Spirit continues to give us the opportunity to interpret uh, biblical texts for our time and place because the stories that meant so much to a culture 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago um, can mean something to us, but mean something very different to us now sure. than they did then. In the same way that Jesus uh, in his day understood the Exodus story very differently than the people who lived through the Exodus, mm. right? There was a, a new connection was made, and Jesus' followers made a new connection with the Exodus story because of Jesus' story. And so they looked back and read Exodus differently mm. than the thousands of people who had come before them. And so now we can look back because the Spirit continues to inspire us, and we can read the Exodus story or we can read the Jesus story differently than the disciples did or differently than Martin Luther did because the Spirit continues to inspire us in our reading as well. And so the scripture is divine, not just in the the words that are on the page, but are in the in the act of interpretation that happens in the community as well. Yeah, yeah, great, great uh, definition and kind of getting us there. Thank yeah. you. Um, for the sake of the podcast, I'll mention I grew up in the LCMS Church. Yeah, uh, is this like a full disclosure moment? Not a full disclosure. <laughs> I had a great time. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> For a long time. Maybe not so much towards the end. <laughs> but, <laughs> that was a rousing endorsement. I had a great time. Most of the time. Some of the time. <laughs> Until the end. <laughs> uh, you know, I love I loved a lot of what I got to do in sure. the semester. Yeah, yeah. But there were reasons that I moved on. Yeah. Um so I grew up, you know, hearing the Bible is inerrant. Mm-hmm. But I think that can lead to some difficult questions sure. and some hard things like what do we do when the Bible has some obvious, and, and sometimes these are minor, mm-hmm. but obvious uh, discrepancies? Yeah. 
you know, whether that's, hey, we've got the story of Jesus rising in the grave. One person says there's one angel. The next uh-huh. person says there's two angels. Yeah. This person says this person's there. The yeah. other person says this other person's there. This person said a whole bunch of other people raised up from the dead at the same time. Yeah. And so, you know, I know like uh, if the Bible is inerrant without error, I would say that leads to difficulty on making sense of all that. Yeah. And you have to like figure out some wiggle room and to really kind of twist yourself in a knot to kind of say like, what does this look like? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's okay to say like, Hey, these are different people writing from different perspectives and probably talking to different people who sure. saw this. And so like if a team of reporters, you know, are covering one story from different angles, they'll come up with different details and different perspectives yeah. and different eyewitness things. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean the central message is or the central story is different Mm -hmm. but how would you see it might be a little different sure uh but i think for me i could never make sense of how that works if it is inerrant yeah you know like how can we kind of account for human error when it's inerrant is kind of a thing Mm -hmm. um and and that makes it a difficulty to kind of do um so i kind of was leaning away from that kind of worldview and thinking and, and and ultimately landing on i think my you know, how I would approach the Bible is I like to say like the Bible is trustworthy. Mm, Like I trust the Bible. Um, And that doesn't mean there aren't discrepancies. That doesn't mean the writers from 4,000 years ago have the same understanding of like how the world works that I do. You know, they can list bats as a bird Mm -hmm. and like, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. yeah, like because that's how they would. They don't. Ha- they didn't bats have look like birds. All right, it's weird. <laughs> it has wings. Yeah, like they didn't have the same classifications yeah. and understanding. You know, they weren't dissecting them. Probably, you know, like, the disciples probably weren't. Somebody yeah. might have been. Yeah, yeah. So like that's not a big deal. Um, and then I think we kind of come over to this thing of like, and I think we've mentioned at the top, all of us, regardless of how literally mm-hmm. you take the mm-hmm. Bible are choosing to take things more literally than others. Yep. Like and and most of that or at least weighting their value. And most yeah. of that literalism I think is weighed is is based on church tradition versus plain reading. That's fair. And I think I'd so so I think you know something like okay you're reading through the bible and you do come across those instances where a woman is not allowed to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. I I think if you're saying based on a literal reading that's what I'm hearing but then like for Verses later, you kind of read like how men should raise hands in worship yeah. and a woman uh, should not be wearing like gold and basically like be like, yeah, but we don't do that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you can wear gold if you want to. That's not that's a cultural thing. Like yeah. so we ignore that part. Yeah, we, we have to take this one part we do, or, you know, many the multiple times where in church, you know, we're here like greet one another with a holy kiss. Yeah. And we're like. Yeah, but that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's COVID. God, come on. <laughs> we're not doing that because that's not what we do culturally right. or traditionally so we don't have to do that literally you know it's i'm perfectly fine with absolutely as far as biblical things to bring back yeah uh pass yep <laughs> but when i went and worshiped in peru sure we greeted one another with a holy kiss because that's yep. part of their tradition yeah and part of their cultural understanding of how greetings happen mm-hmm. and that's great you know and it was fun to do that in that culture right <laughs> I'm not just like, I'm not starting it up. That's right. good. Yeah. I'm not going to be like kiss committee. Like, <laughs> <laughs> here's our, our welcome center kissing booth is not what I'm interested in here at Lord of Life. I have so many questions and yeah, none of them are for right now. We'll discuss this. I don't know. I don't know if that's <laughs> we'll going to. discuss gonna, this off air. It's not know if that's going to bring in more people or less. Hard to say. Maybe it depends on who's but doing it, the kissing. It is in the Bible. So <laughs> it's, it's there. No, I, I think that is a great point. And, uh, 
yeah, it's a it's a matter of being aware of our blind spots and aware of our I don't want to say preferences. That's it's too strong. It's aware of our process of discernment, right? That as a community, we all are always in the act of interpretation and discerning God's word for us, right? That's mm-hmm. a, that's an act that every community is engaging in. And um, I think that as the ELCA, most of our churches do a better job of being honest about that interpretation um, than some other ones, right? Some other ones just say, oh, we're doing this, and they look right past uh, the blind spots that you're kind of pointing out. I think when we're at our best, um, our understanding is, yes, we have, we have spots that we are waiting less because they align with X. And the question that we have to ask ourselves whenever we're doing biblical interpretation is what is the X? What is the X that adds the weight to the text? And for me, right, for me, it's the story of God's love uh, poured out and proclaimed through the death Mm -hmm. and resurrection of Jesus. How does this thing point us back to the death and resurrection of Jesus being a God's gift of grace for all people? Mm -hmm. If this thing points me back to that, then I weight that more heavily than something that I feel like doesn't point me back to that. Yeah. And I think, um, I, you know, I've been told or I've heard, you know, people who take the Bible as the inspired word of God or as trustworthy instead of literally are taking the easy way out. And I think actually in many ways, if you're doing it right, I think you're taking a much harder yeah. approach to understanding the Bible. You have to think really hard about it. Like taking it literally just means like to read it and say, oh, look, words. Yeah. I know those words. Yeah. I know what it means. That, Absolutely. I don't want to like sound like that's dumb, but like that, that feels easy to me as opposed yeah. to saying every text I have to ask myself, okay. How does this align? How does this weight against the other things that I know and understand about Jesus? How is the Spirit speaking to us as a community through this passage to potentially change what we believe, potentially shift yeah. our, the direction that we're going as a community? Like, mm-hmm. That's hard work. It's way harder to shift with the Spirit that may feel like a moving target at times. It's way harder to shift with that than it is to just say, this is it, and we're going to stay the same forever yeah. and ever. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you probably heard or seen like you know things people out there like, God says it, I believe it, that settles it, uh-huh. you know? And like, yeah. then, then like that just ends all engagement or understanding of how do we adapt or yeah. how do we kind of come to scripture based on uh, a different culture, a different time frame with different lenses that we're approaching scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when you come across hard passages that are difficult to get to, the easiest ways to, to approach those passages are the extremes that we've kind of seen in how the Bible is. Yeah. One is saying like, just a fable. It means nothing. The other is I take it literally. That's all that matters. Yeah. And like getting in there and figuring out like, okay, who is this written to? Who is this written by? What would the early readers yeah. have heard? What would they have thought about this? What would they have kind of come away from? Um, how they uh, approach this? How does this line up with other things? It's much more difficult. And how does this apply to my life now? Yeah. Because even the hardest passages we read, I believe still have a message for us, right? Yeah. The things that I might wait far less or say this, I don't take this literally. I think that, you know, let's take the Jonah story, right? I don't think that Jonah was literally swallowed by a whale for three days and then spit up in another place. But I think that story is really Mm -hmm. impactful. And I think there are things for us to learn about that experience as we understand what God is doing for us through that story. So Mm -hmm. I don't have to believe in a whale that swallowed a human and spit him up three days later. I don't have to believe that to be true in order for me to say there's power and truth and uh, honesty and and meaning in this story. And the fact that I look at that story and weight it less than the resurrection of Jesus doesn't mean that I'm being hypocritical, Mm -hmm. right? You can look at stories because these stories are written in different times and places and they're written for different purposes, right? I don't know that uh, Jonah was ever written to be understood as a 
historical uh, n- uh, historical narrative of this thing that actually happened. I think Jonah was a real prophet. I think Nineveh was a real city. I think there was this experience that happened, but I don't know that this story is written to be an account of that in the same way that the Gospels are written to be an account of the resurrection. For right? sure. So I wait the Gospels more. Yes, I do. And you can mm-hmm. call me hypocritical if you choose, but that's how I understand Scripture. That's how I have come to see God's Spirit at work. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And in Jonah too. I mean, the author of Jonah doesn't even really care about the whale. Right. It's like a throwaway line. It's like mentioned twice. It like means nothing to the story. It's so meaningless to the actual narrative. Yeah. So like... What matters in the story is that Jonah's... It's the least interesting part of the story is the whale. Jonah is trapped in this abyss, Mm -hmm. right? The whale's stomach, right? Jonah's trapped in this abyss where he comes to his senses to know, I need to be following God. Like, I need to be coming after this hard thing that like... The whale is not the point. Jonah's revelation of what God is doing in Jonah's life, I think, is the point there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the same way, like, six days of creation, to me, that's not the point. The timeline is not the point. <laughs> like, For sure. Yeah. Anyway, now you're just getting me ramped up. So. No, I, I think um, I think what, what, what that leads us to is I think when you take that literal kind of, you know, uh, God, saddle, God said it, I believe it, yeah. God settles it, is we kind of get to this mindset that I also heard, you know, growing up is like, you hold the Bible and be like, this has the answer to all of life's questions. Oh, and I really I'm sorry. Doesn't. I just died a little side. <laughs> and it really doesn't have the answer to all of life's questions yeah. because it's not claiming to have the answer to right. all of life's it's questions. Not what, it's not a yeah. problem solving yeah. book. That's not what it's there for. And so I think saying like, oh, I have a problem. Let me go to the Bible and I'll get the answer. I think we mm-hmm. need to approach biblical reading differently. And that is what are the answers the Bible gives? Yeah. And like, let's dive in deep to those because it's not going to tell you the answer to all of life's questions. It's really not. It's yeah. not going to say to people who are in tough marriages that there is uh, infidelity. What should you do? Should you stick it together or mm-hmm. should you get divorced? Every situation is different. Yeah. And how you approach those yeah. things can be godly and beautiful, whether that's reconciliation or whether that's a break and mm-hmm. freedom uh, from oppression. Both those things can be the story that God desires for your life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and but saying like, well, let me just find one verse in the Bible that supports that is, I think, coming at the Bible a little too simply. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's putting something on the Bible, the Bible that never intended of itself. Yeah, that the Bible's yeah. not claiming. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, any other thoughts? Yeah, I think you know, we just have to be intentional about how we read Scripture. And you know, I don't want this to, like, deter people from reading the Bible. I think the Bible, like, is the most important thing that we have as Christians. And I think we should read it. I think we should know it. I think if there's one thing that the biblical literalists have on us as a, as a believers in that middle 50% is they know this thing. They know it frontwards, backwards, they ch- chapter, verse, we'll cite it up and down the street. But notice they'll always be citing the same stuff. They yeah. know th- they know the stuff that supports their position really, really well. And I think that we have, by and large, because we've kind of moved away from that literalism and, and wanted to kind of a shoe ourselves shoe is that a thing mm-hmm. anyway we wanted to separate ourselves from that group um, i think we have lost some of the passion for learning the bible in part because it's hard work right sure. it's way easier to say i want to go to a bible study where somebody tells me what to what this thing means and i can walk away with an answer and i've learned something mm-hmm. it's way harder to walk into a bible study and have somebody ask you a lot of questions and have you feel like you're leaving with more questions than you had when you go in that, for sure i don't feel like you accomplished as much but i think it's a much more faithful uh, approach to reading scripture together. And I think we need to be uh, more dedicated to the process of embodying scripture and allowing it to speak through our life, to read it over and over and over, to meditate on it, to uh, give ourselves the space to sit and to wrestle with it um, 
and allow those revelations to come in community, right? Mm-hmm. That that the 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 heart of this process all takes place in community. It's not me uh, reading in the dark of my room by myself. It's me maybe reading in the dark of my room by myself and then bringing those questions and those uh, wonderings to a community that can interpret and can offer feedback and can give me wisdom mm-hmm. for the places where I don't see it. And uh, yeah, we need more of that. Yeah. And I also think uh, for those of us in the middle, we have to also be kind of a little bit wary. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if um, there's people out there who are kind of saying, I believe in the Bible literally and I want that to dictate America politically, usually that means what they want. You know, yeah. it, it rarely means I want uh, the literal understanding of how Israel welcomed uh the alien sure. and things like that. It rarely means in the book of James where he calls out all bosses uh-huh. and organizations for being corrupt yep. and and holding wages over their employees paying their employees and chicken sandwiches yeah, yeah. so it's hard to, it's hard to say like i want a, a literal biblical interpretation of a yeah. country while we exclude the alien mm-hmm. and have uh you know major corporations sure. who have so much control over our society while those things are happening it's hard just hard to say it just it just seems what we really want is the my interpretation yeah. of a biblical literalism to be what everybody else believes. Yeah. And I think so. We're all doing this interpretating. Sometimes uh, we just need to be honest with ourselves. Yeah. And we're all, like you mentioned, weighing the Bible differently. Yeah. We just need to be honest with ourselves. And yeah. that's okay. You know, and some people may weigh the Bible and come up with different conclusions than me. They're but wrong. Be, be <laughs> but they could. <laughs> Well, and I, and I would be okay with that if we we're willing to have the honest conversation. Yeah. This is the weight that I'm putting on. Okay, sure. then I know where to start, right? Then yeah. I know how to have a conversation with you. But if you come in and you're just, no, I'm not waiting anything. I'm just reading the Bible. I, I, I don't know how to For sure. speak with you in a way yeah. that is helpful. Yeah, and I think the, the last thing I was thinking, I saw this this week, is like Jesus was asked tons of questions yeah. during his ministry. Yeah. He answers a handful of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, he like, rarely offers an answer. Or, or if he does, and, and the times he does give an answer... You you mostly walk away being like, wait, what? Like, like you never walk away being like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. It'd be a time like in a press conference, the person would be like, that was an answer to a question, but I'd really like you to answer my question. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like in a like in a an essay test or a job interview. Like, These are the things I want to say. That's right. So no matter what I'm they, saying, this no matter what they ask me, I'm gonna work that in. Like, did you t- did you tell a story on the podcast or is it somewhere else about somebody who like told you what questions they wanted you yes. to ask in an interview? <laughs> It was so funny. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Did. So Jesus or doesn't always answer questions. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, most of the teaching he's done is t- is told in odd stories yeah. or weird language or things that are difficult to comprehend that we have to kind of wrestle with mm-hmm. to kind of get in there and figure out. Yeah. And so to be like, that's how Jesus interacts with people directly the Bible is going to do follow, probably follow similar patterns and themes. Yeah. And sometimes it's really going to ask, it's really going to lead us to more questions, not, not, not firmer answers. Yeah. And I think that's okay. I've always found it amusing that like the one time Jesus like lays out, here's what this parable means. It's the parable of the seed that's scattered in the path and scattered mm-hmm. in the thing and other places. It's like the one parable that like on a plain text read, I'm like, yeah, I get that. And that's the one that Jesus lays out like point for point. This is what it means. <laughs> like, Jesus, I understood this one. Like, <laughs> you can't give me like <laughs> persistent, <laughs> persistent widow Jesus. What does that one mean? Like, fill me in. What's the <laughs> unjust, ju- unjust manager? What's, yeah. what's going on there? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, are we wrapped it up? I think so. I think All it's right. a good place. Yeah, read your Bible, folks. Check it out. Yeah, and we'll be back uh, in a few weeks with another episode on the Bible. Woo. So beginning of September. Yeah, for your Labor Day reading. 
listening. <laughs> sure. Grab know. yourself five Chick-fil-A sandwiches. <laughs> put on. Yeah, you, on can, Sunday. you can spend your volunteer hours on Labor Day volunteering <laughs> at Chick-fil-A for their lunch rush. <laughs> Just go to a Chick-fil-A. I'll be like, I'm here to volunteer. Where's my sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> I want five sandwiches. <laughs> Alright, if you liked this episode <laughs> or if you just uh, want to get some Chick-fil-A sandwiches, you can share this with your friends and family, uh, wherever they might be. You can find all of our episodes at beyondsundaypodcast.com. Uh, send us uh, your favorite biblical passage and how you think uh, it would be interpreted. I don't know. I had a question where I was going with that and I don't know where it was. Send sure. us your favorite Bible first. That'll be yeah. fun. Beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. Alright, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday. Beyond Sunday.